0: We're all about freedom here. We, uh, we want the right to choose. We want a right to choose whether to take a vaccine, whether to wear a mask, and whether to leave our businesses open.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Brandon Lewis, founder of the Tennessee Conservative, and today we are joined by Mark Hall, who's a state representative in District 24, which covers part of Bradley County, which I think last time we checked was the most conservative primary voting county in the state. I'm not sure if you still hold that title or not. I'll let you answer that uh, when we get into it. Uh, Mark serves as vice chair of the transportation committee and a member of the transportation committee. He is a member of the health committee and subcommittee. He's co-chair of the Southeast Tennessee Veterans Home Council and was a Bradley County commissioner for 12 years and a Marine Corps veteran. He's a Baptist barber, and that means that all jokes told in his chair are clean as the wind-driven snow. Uh, I know this because you have a Baptist barber, that's how it's got to be. And he's the proud uh, papa of Zach, his his 28-year-old baby, because they're still always your babies. And uh, Mark, welcome to the program. I appreciate you being here, buddy.
0: Brandon, thanks for having me today. I'm excited to be here. And, uh, uh, and uh, just feel free to ask any questions that you may have. Hey, it's an open book, and uh, I look forward to talking with you.
1: Awesome. Well, so... Let me ask you just this, generally speaking, because when you cover the news like I do and you talk to people in 95 counties and you hear different things from different places, you always wonder after a while. I mean, I hear too much of it. Most Tennesseans don't hear enough of it. Uh, What are you hearing from your constituents these days who actually pay attention to what's going on in Tennessee with the legislature, the executive and the judicial branches of government? Just generally speaking, if you had to hear, you know, talk about two or three things, what are you hearing?
0: Well, one thing about uh, about uh, my district is the fact that um, we have a, a a a large percentage of senior citizens, many of which are on a fixed income. Uh, I represent a very conservative district. Uh, we have what we call the silver uh, silver tsunami, which is a a growing a aging population here. Uh, we're not only uh, a retirement community, but uh, you, you know we have a lot of industry here, but also uh, we have a, a population that's growing, and that healthcare needs are uh, are at the forefront. Uh, we have um, a strong education system here in, in District Twenty Four, so it's multi-level. It's uh, it's um, it uh, it's really all over the target. We have uh, we have forty-eight thousand veterans and a fifty-eight mile radius of, of Bradley County, so. Uh, we have a lot uh, a lot going for us and a lot of concerns and a lot of needs uh, that we'll be addressing in the, next, in the future.
1: So if you had to pick two or three things that people are constantly, you know, got your ear on, you know, some things people are, are always asking questions about. They're kind of what I would refer to as evergreen issues. And then there are some things that are more topical or timely. On the topical or timely side, you know, what, what can you share with us that's going on in Bradley County? Because, you know, I live in Chattanooga. Um, and we're very close to, to y'all, and, and a lot of things overlap between the counties, so just tell me what you're hearing up there.
0: Well, we've got concerns about election integrity. Uh, we've got concerns about the political environment and the political climate uh, that we're facing today. Uh, there's there's lots of concerns, uh, but for the most part, and we have, of a, a course, in other, uh, a little closer to home, we have infrastructure problems, we, that we have an infrastructure that was designed for the 1970s and we've experienced explosive growth here in Cleveland and Bradley County. So uh, there's uh, lots of issues, lots of things that we need to address to move the needle in a positive direction. Uh, you know, we, we do have con- some concerns, but, you know, we, uh, we think that better days are ahead of us and we continue to move forward.
1: Excellent. We'll talk about transportation uh, concerns, which I, I think entails, uh, a lot of issues related to infrastructure in a moment, uh, but you know you're a barber, and barbers have to abide by a remarkably long list of rules and regulations in order to maintain their licenses. I remember getting a few illegal haircuts during COVID from starving barbers that I knew personally, and 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 speakeasy houses all over sure. speakeasy haircut places all over Chattanooga, Uh, you know, don't quote me on that. I I will not name my sources, but uh, you also serve on the health committee and subcommittee. You know, what do you make of employers, schools, and universities mandating things like vaccines and other medical treatments? You know, the government, uh, the governor rather, and many Republicans say, we don't regulate business in Tennessee, but if you've ever operated as a barber or small business owner, you know that that is not true at all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so where's the balance between personal liberty uh, and as an employer, school or university, uh, their prerogative to force compliance for medical treatments?
0: Great question, uh, Brandon. Uh, with me, and I think most of my constituents feel the same way, we're all about freedom. You know, we uh, we want the choice and the freedom to choose. Uh over the over the pandemic the governor mandated that we closed our businesses for nine weeks you know it's uh when you have a small business the profit margin's huge uh is, is very small to begin with uh so when you close for you know eight or nine weeks that's a large part of your profit margin so it 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 really cripples your business and it continues to uh to limp along until things start to smooth out so um we're all about freedom here. We, uh, we want the right to choose. We want a right to choose our, whether to take a vaccine, whether to wear a mask, and whether to leave our businesses open.
1: So, do you know, this is kind of just a little bit of trivia. Do you know how many fewer small businesses we have in Tennessee uh, versus when Governor Lee took over?
0: Uh, I'm not aware of that. No, sir. It's 24% fewer. Wow. One out of four
1: are closed now. Corporate profits were up, and Amazon and Walmart and the big boxes did well that weren't touched. You know, talk about discrimination. We're talking, you know, we talk about a lot of racial discrimination. There was a lot of business discrimination that went on, and it really. And I coach small businesses in the construction uh, industry for my paying gig, and so I, I deal with hundreds of those uh, all over the nation, and it's tough. So something that I think is odd, and again, I'm asking you a lot of health related Mm -hmm. questions because you're on the health committee, natural immunity. For the first time in medical history, it seems to become, it's irrelevant. I mean, you don't hear anything anybody talking about it and recent Mm -hmm. reports with breakthrough cases and hospitalizations uh, and the best data is coming out of Israel and Great Britain because we did not ask the vaccine companies to disclose this information in the US like they did abroad. And so we're kind of going off a lot of their data is that you're anywhere from six to 20 times more protected when you acquired COVID and recovered naturally, which makes sense. I mean, it's, it's been like that for almost every every vaccine ever created. So why you know does the legislative conversation seem to simply revolve around vaccines and, vaccina- and the vaccinated uh, with little consideration to the medical rights of the naturally immune? Because, for example, there's all kinds of things that many businesses, organizations would love for me and my family to do that I don't have a need of. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's all. It seems very curious to me that that none of that was addressed in the last session. It's like we got close to doing some stuff, but most of it just died in committee.
0: Brandon, I, I think that, and, and I certainly can't speak for the full uh, legislation, but I but I can for me. I, I think the goal was to have a concentrated effort on finding a uh, a remedy uh, to move the needle in a positive direction. Um, you know, we were, um, you know, my constituents. You know, at the end of the day, we want results, and we have to uh, find a way to uh, to make a positive change. Uh, I'm not so sure. You know, I'm. I don't know the percentage of those that are vaccinated and those that are unvaccinated. I do know that everyone that wants a vac uh, that wants to be vaccinated has the opportunity to do so. Uh, so, and, and that was my main goal, is to make sure that if you wanted to be vaccinated, that everyone had that opportunity to do so.
1: So the, the next question I'll have, and then we'll move on to some infrastructure things. In your estimation, I used to raise money for a living. Uh, wrote a book called How to Raise Money for Political Office. I've done it at the federal, state, and local level. Did it for nonprofits, big nonprofits, small nonprofits. And when I look at financial disclosures, I probably look at them differently than almost anybody else. They're like tea leaves to me and I can read them and how much influence comes into the health committee. And because I've been there both raising the money, working with candidates, both when they were running for office. And then after they've been in office, I've been in rooms. I've been to all those sausage making conversations, which is probably why I got out of it for six years. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the amount of money that comes from corporate pharma, state, Uh, corporate uh, medical, state medical, and then pharmacy. It is extraordinary. And, you know, if your neighbor across the street helps you out over and over again to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars, then they come and say, hey, I need help. I need help moving a dishwasher over here. You're probably not going to say no. And human nature is what it is. Talk a little bit about, you know, what you see. Because we had a few situations last year where I think in the committee, when you looked at probably the only data I could really look at openly and publicly, when you looked at a lot of the conversations around mandates, um, and then you looked at, at people's social media accounts when they asked questions of their constituents, should we let this bill go through subcommittee, I couldn't find a, a non-freedom loving uh, comment on there. But then that bill was killed in committee. So it seems like sometimes there's there's the what the constituents want, and then there's what the PACs and the lobbyists want. And sometimes if those things are in conflict, I think the constituents aren't as informed or as organized. So they their kind of needs go over here. And I just wonder, you know, what have you seen? Because you've been, been on that committee for a couple of years or a couple of sessions now. What what type of influence is is guiding that up there? Because it, it seems a little it my, ins, my, my fundraising spidey senses sometimes go off.
0: Well, you know, you and I both know that the profit margin in pharmaceuticals is huge. And uh, and they do have an influence in, in every aspect of the uh, political environment. Uh, and I think a lot of politicians know that it costs money to get your message out. And a lot of these uh, pharmaceutical companies, you know, they donate to people's campaign. So... Uh, but it's a uh, but at the end of the day, you have to have integrity, and you have to make the decision on what is best for your constituents, and um, and because those are those those are the people that sent you there, and uh, to waver from that would be doing them an injustice. So uh, you certainly you you want to uh, get the information from the experts. Uh, assess that information, find out what is true and what's inflated, what's exaggerated, and and make the best decision that you possibly can at that given time. Now, after having said that, there's a lot of unknowns. It, uh, it, it evolves along the way. There's information that you may not have had at the time. So you have to sort of be quick, at, quick on your feet and you have to constantly make adjustments along the way. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it, it all boils down to what is best for your constituents.
1: I appreciate y'all tuning in. Do share this, guys. Uh, you know, Facebook tends to um, uh, tends to suppress conservative content. Perish the thought. They do. And so if you will, if you go um, and, and share this, it really helps us uh, fight against that. And also, guys... Costs a lot of money to run this organization i just get it out of my own hip pocket i don't make any money doing this i've got another job that i do and so if you go to tennessee conservative news.com slash support and you give any amount and i need your money i'm not going to soft pedal it here we got reporters to pay uh, subscribers to acquire uh, if you go to tennessee conservative news.com i'll give you two proud tennessee conservative bumper stickers if you have given before give again give monthly really helps i don't care if it's five bucks uh and when you do that uh, you'll also get our handy dandy directory that will send you this uh, fantastic directory so you can contact your legislators when very important things like CRT and masking are being taught in our schools we need to stop it and when we have lawless executive orders and if you get $50 or more you will get this proud Tennessee conservative mug this thing has magical properties I uh, promise some of you watch this on Facebook but you do not subscribe to our newsletter which to me is a is a heinous uh, crime against conservatism because you never know, they could shut us down in any moment. So, please do go to, to uh, Tennessee Conservative News dot com and subscribe to our newsletter. We'll send you an email, an occasional text, maybe once a week you get a text, and it's typically an interview or some kind of like, Hey, you need to call somebody. If I hear something and it's really important, I may text you and say, Hey, make a phone call if you care about your freedom and your liberty. So, that may happen too. So, then this is kind of not really on the on the docket, but I thought it was so interesting, and I'd love to get your take on it. We had so, I mean, virtually every, I think every Republican state rep called for a special session to deal with a lot of this medical freedom, um, school board, school boards thinking they have authority that they don't, that really comes from the legislature, but yet we, the Senate has, has been completely out of step on this, in my opinion. What gives there? That is a strange thing because it's hard to get every Republican to agree to something in the House. That is tough. And the fact that that happened and then nothing happened in the Senate, I think is just, it, it seems rather weird. You'd, you'd think there'd be at least a few over there bucking the system. And there are a few very quietly doing so. And I've spoken to, but what in the world? Where, where's the, that seems like very disconnected.
0: Well, Brandon, we're some of us are still asking the same question. We um, uh, we wanted a very transparent and a very clear direction for the future, and we also wanted to send um, send a message that we were unified in, in doing so. So we wanted a a blueprint. We wanted a, a game plan on what we were doing, uh, and and how we were going to address things that that arose in the future, like with educational needs. Uh, dealing with the COVID.
1: Yeah, it's strange. And I mean, I hope we can get some school choice legislation out of the legislature coming up because those TCAP scores were, they were already like, we were already like cheerleading that one out of three kids could read at grade level or or kind of approaching being able to read at grade level. And nobody ever talks about that other column on the far right-hand side, which is mastery, mastery, 2% in four categories, eight percent in one. If you can't read, and I had a father that could not read or write, and it it, it is tremendously, uh, you you basically become unemployable in, in almost every role with the exception of a few. So I hope we can get some of that stuff out. So um, question, you're on the transportation committee right now. Uh, what can Tennesseans look forward to there? I know that they're there's a heck of a lot of work down here in Chattanooga on this exchange, which I think, you know, by 2085, they should complete somewhere, uh, I think. And then, you, you know, Bradley County is, when you start traveling, you know, there's obviously more than just interstate needs. But when you travel up the interstate, it, it gets very tight on those three exits up there. Um, what do you think people are going to see? I mean, there's some statewide things, and then there's some local things in Bradley County. What can you share with us? What do you see coming from a strategic planning standpoint?
0: Brandon, of course, where there's growth, there's growing pains. So, uh, uh, you know, we have had a concentrated effort on, on, on making improvements in roads and highways. And, uh, you know, it's my belief that we really need to add another third lane uh, between uh, going from Cleveland to uh, to Chattanooga. If it wasn't for White Oak Mountain, I guess Ottawa and Cleveland would actually connect. Uh but eventually, with, with the amount of growth that we're experiencing, and, and it's very exciting to be a part of it, uh, and this is, and we have 80 different countries represented here in Slaven and Bradley County, and of course, all 50 states. So a large, a large amount of growth, and, uh, and with that, you know, we're, uh, we're having to play catch up a little bit. It's, uh, we've sort of been a victim of our own success. We have, uh, we've, we've grown faster than we can keep up. But, uh, even the housing market will uh, you know reflect that. but uh, but w- I think we're making some positive changes, and I think you'll see that over the next couple of years.
1: Very good. Uh, last thing, I'll give you the last word. You've been very kind with your time, and I appreciate you hanging me hanging in there with me through the technical difficulties we experienced at the beginning. Uh, what would you like to leave people with in your district or people across the state? Uh, Because we are in some very weird, unprecedented times. We've had like 18 months of an ongoing emergency, executive emergency. And it's just strange not to be represented by one branch of your government, or really two of them. It's very strange. I don't know that that's ever happened in Tennessee history for this length of time. Uh, So there's just all kind of weird stuff going on. So what would you like to leave your constituents with? What what thoughts would you like to share uh, on what you see coming down the pike?
0: Well, Brandon, a couple things. First of all, I'm not a politician that cuts hair. I'm a barber that wants Cleveland and Bradley County to be a better place to live. And anyone, and I've told them this earlier on, is that if you've ever felt overlooked, neglected, or bypassed, I've been there. And I can assure you that those days are over with. And I I take a lot of pride in being not only uh, approachable, but accessible. I've got 70,060 constituents that actually have my cell phone number, and I answer every one of them. They don't, I, I don't uh, uh, reflect, uh, deflect them to Nashville. They call straight to me, and I'll address any problem that they have, and I take pride in that. And Brandon, I want to thank you for having me today. Sorry about the little audio uh, difficulties, man. But It's fine. We got it done. For, we got it done. Don't worry with me.
1: People like to put a name with a face, and like to see a voice uh, or hear a voice. And a lot of constituents, you know, out there, I don't think you know know who the reps are. We have very low voter turnout in Tennessee, and so it's just a handful of people that honestly make these primary decisions. Uh, but we we appreciate it. And if you if you're ever, I tell this to every state rep and every senator that I interview, usually off camera, but I'll tell it to you on. And that is, if you're ever pushing anything conservative, if you ever know of anything that needs to be brought to our attention, if, you know, I always tell that if it's conservative, it's going to be, we're gonna be very excited about it. If it's not, we're, we're not gonna be very excited about it over here. We just never are, uh, because that's, that's. if it were not for living in a conservative state over the last 18 months, life was already bad, but it could have been a lot worse. And so I appreciate people like you for, uh, for keeping all those concepts uh, in mind and I appreciate you for being here today. Um, you have any upcoming events or anything that's, that's happening in your district that you'd like to let people know about?
0: Well, we just, uh, um, you know, of course, you know, we always keep, you know, uh, community events and there's always things that are always surfacing, you know, and we always try to be a part of, but, uh, but, you know, we're heading into the fall and that's our season, you know, and, uh, Hey, Hey, we love it here in East Tennessee. And, uh, and uh, for those that haven't have uh, ever made it to Cleveland or Bradley County, I want to, you have a personal invitation. You have an open invitation to come here, and uh, you won't have to be here very long before you realize why everybody falls in love with this place. So, uh, and I love serving in Nashville, but I really get my enjoyment out of driving 163 miles south. And when I get to the top of White Oak Mountain and I see a sign that says "Entering Bradley County," a big old smile comes on my face. You know, because I know I'm back with my people. Then, so. You have an open invitation. Hey, Brandy, come up to visit us, man. Hey, you'll love it here.
1: Well, I might. If they shut you down again, I might come up there looking for a covert haircut. You never know. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, uh, Representative uh, Mark Hall, for joining us. I'm Brandon Lewis with the Tennessee Conservative. Uh, Until next time, go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com. If you want to see this interview and other stories covered in more detail, uh, you can subscribe to our uh, our e-news notifications and our text notifications. Uh, Thanks to Mark for being there. Until next time, I'm signing off.